Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, family. How's everyone doing this morning? We are in week two of The Art of Neighboring. Um, it's been an exciting time for us leading up to, uh, to this series as we've been doing the preparation work, the prayer. Um, and as we embarked on this journey last week, and Pastor Quentin set us off with the art of community. Man, I'm still reflecting on uh, some of those visuals around spurring and spurring one another on uh, to, to, to righteousness and, and inciting and each other towards greatness and not allowing one another to kind of be standard or mediocre, but that we are calling greatness out of one another. I love that aspect of decisions, the decisions that we have to make to be in community and the decisions that we have to keep making to remain in community. So um, I hope that you've been tracking with us. If you hadn't, uh, and if it's your first Sunday today after we started The Art of Neighboring, please make sure to get the podcast. It'll be a blessing to you. Let's turn uh, together to the book of John. Uh, John chapter 1 is kind of where we will be uh, camping out today. I'm going to ask guys if, at the back if you guys can drive if you don't mind. Thank you. Um, so we're going to be in, uh, in, in John chapter 1, and we're doing the art of, of invitation. So within community, Community is this amazing place, it's, uh, it's, it's dynamic, um, it's safe, we grow together, we're stretched, we learn what Christ-likeness means, but community, Christian communities, is kind of this ever-growing thing, isn't it? It's this idea of a kingdom that is continually expanding and progressive, um, and so as, as people uh, are coming into the kingdom, so the kingdom grows and expands. All right, hopefully you found your way to the book of John chapter 1. Um, if not, you can follow with us on, on the screen. So what we have here is we're in the book of John, and we're going to read about John the Baptist. That's not John the Apostle and John the Baptist are two different people. Uh, and, so, and so John, uh, the beloved apostle, is recording uh, the, this, uh, this instance that happened about John, who is John the Baptist, who is a different John, so we shouldn't get uh, confused um, around that. But here we have John the Baptist, who is, we find him here in John chapter 1, and he's baptizing people in the Jordan River. And it, it had been a period of over 400 years since the people of Israel had had a national prophet, somebody who had risen to prominence, who was preaching the word of God. There'd been kind of this dead silence between uh, the, the, the first book of the gospel, the coming in of Jesus Christ, and the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. And so there's, a, there's an excitement in the air. There's an excitement in the air. There's conversations that are happening in households. There's conversations that are happening in the streets and in groups. What is this about? Could this be the Messiah? What about these teachings that he's giving us? He's telling us about this kingdom and he's ushering in. It's, it's, a, it's exciting. Uh, it, it's a little bit scandalous. It, for some people, it's a bit nerve-wracking because are we upsetting the natural order of things? And it's in the midst of this, right, that, that John is baptizing and he's giving these teachings and he's got disciples that have come around him. 
And, uh, and it, says, it says here that as they were baptizing, uh, uh, the, next day, uh, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I, I want you to, if you're following in your Bibles or in your phone, just to highlight that word, behold, because it's going to be important for, for our context here together. So, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. We can go to the next one. Uh, John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself uh, did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Amen. So, so, so here we have this instance. That while John has gathered People have gathered around John, and the disciples of John are with him, and he is baptizing people in the river. Uh, while he's in the midst of doing this, he, he lifts up his eyes, and something that had been described to him plays out before his eyes. So he said in the scriptures that the one who sent me had said this, that you will know the Messiah because you will see the Spirit of God descending and remaining on him. And so while he's baptizing, when he lifts up his eyes and he sees says the, the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove and resting on Jesus, he knew in that moment this, this is confirmation and this is the Son of God. And so what, what I want to uh, emphasize uh, in this scripture is that Many people were standing around in that moment when their Holy Spirit descended, but only John saw it. John saw the, the Spirit coming down like a dove, and then he began to declare. And the point that we're making here is that people have not seen what you have seen. People have not seen what you have seen. Don't assume that we have all walked the same road. Don't assume that God has said the same thing to all of us. Don't assume that your pain is the same pain as everybody else. Don't assume that somebody doesn't have something going on. Don't assume that we have seen the same thing. John was standing in the midst of a crowd. The Spirit of God descended and rested on Jesus. Only John saw it. And so John begins to declare, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If John doesn't declare it, the people around don't know. And so we have to declare that which we have seen. We, we have to take the revelation that God has given us and infuse it into conversations. We have to take our testimonies, the place where we have been, the things that we have experienced, how we have overcome our challenges matter. 
And we, we, we declare these things and we inject them into conversation so that people's eyes can open and so that they can see what we have seen. I, I love that in the scripture, we see the Holy Spirit as the revealer of Jesus. See, Jesus comes into the world and he says that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so in, the, in, in, in Hebrews, for example, it speaks about him being the radiance of the glory of God, the express image of God. And so when we, when we see Jesus, the way Jesus has been made manifest, the way we have gotten to know Jesus through the scriptures, the way that his disciples got to know him, they were getting to know God. But at, at, the, at the resurrection or at the ascension, when Jesus had done his work, he says, but you know what? It's good that I go, because if I go, then I can send the Spirit, and the Spirit, he will reveal who Jesus is to all mankind. And so, and so th- th- there's many things that, 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 that the Holy Spirit does, and if you want to know more about that, I want to encourage you to do our co- courses like Leadership 115 and 215 for a bit of a deep dive in theological issues, but, but for now, we'll just focus on this area that the Holy Spirit is the revealer of Jesus. He is the one who allows the scales to fall off our eyes and for us to go, oh, wait. I believe, wait, behold, that is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. We can go to the next scripture. Having had this moment, right, so there there, there was this declaration moment, this realization, it was actually quite powerful. And, and, And so the following day, John is standing with his disciples, He's standing with his disciples, and and he sees Jesus walk past. And the scripture says he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, Behold, again, there's that word, behold, the Lamb of God. It has been revealed to him. And so he declares, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And so what do we have here? The the previous day, there'd been this revelation and John had, had, had declared, behold, the Lamb of God. The very next day, he's standing with his disciples again and he declares this thing as Jesus is walking past. Now, for, for John, who, who, uh, who had disciples, his disciples would have been close by, right? So it's not a stretch to say that the previous day when Revelation had hit and John had declared, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, his disciples heard him on that day. And so he declares it on the second day and they hear him on the second day also. But when they heard him on the second day, their response is different. On the second day, they followed. You see, saints, there are people around us who will hear us declare. They may have heard you declare before and nothing moved, but you've got to declare again. Because it may happen on the first day. It may happen on the second day. Maybe it happens on the 20th day. Who knows? But at some point, when you've been declaring, behold, the Lamb of God, somebody is going to start to follow Jesus. 
And so we have to declare and declare again. And we can't get discouraged because I declared the one time and nobody got saved. I, I preached the gospel that one time and nothing happened. Uh, there was somebody who, who, who was in obvious pain and I went and I prayed for them and nothing happened. So therefore, I just don't, I don't know if miracles still happen. I don't know if this thing will happen again. No, we have to declare and declare again. We have to pray and pray again. We have to share our testimonies and share them again because it may happen on the first behold. It may happen on the second behold. It may happen on the third or fourth or fifth or fiftieth behold but there will come a time when you've been consistent with beholding and declaring that the lamb of god he is the son of god who takes away the sin of the world at some point some scales are going to fall off at some point people are going to start to follow jesus and so we have to be consistent we cannot lose faith and we cannot grow weary if we go to the next So they had followed him and they said, Jesus, we want to know where you're staying. He says to them, come and see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard, uh, who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. First heard. When he heard and he believed, then he went to go find his brother. We have found the, we have found the Messiah. I love that in this, um, in this scripture, we see not only that, that John declared the second time and they followed. By the way, those who followed were devout men. They were men who were disciples of John. That means they were seeking. Their hearts were already open. They were actively wanting to observe the kingdom and see whence it comes. And they didn't respond the first time around. And so there are people in your lives who are not seeking, who don't know how lost they are, who don't know how much they need Jesus. So please be patient with them. They will respond. Keep declaring. So if we can go back one. John points them to a Jesus who is walking. And this isn't kind of like a Jesus, uh, 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 Kanye West, Jesus walks kind of situation. So we just need to clear, clear that up. This is, the, <laughs> John, John points them to a Jesus who is walking. Here's what I mean. In, in the Old Testament, uh, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And, 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 and there was this grand challenge. They, they set up a grand altar, lots of wood, and they, and, and, and they brought uh, oxen and cut up the oxen and prepared it for the sacrifice. And Elijah's challenge to the prophets of Baal was, pray and beseech Baal that he brings fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice. And they took him on, and hundreds of prophets of Baal began to pray to, the, to Baal, and nothing happened. And they began to beat drums, and nothing happened. And they began to tear their clothes off and scratch themselves, and nothing happened. And they began to cut themselves until they bled, and nothing happened. And, John, and Elijah this whole time is watching, and he's mocking, and he's saying, shout louder. I don't think your God can hear you. 
He's saying, maybe he's in the toilet. Maybe, maybe he's asleep. We don't know. Maybe he's deaf, this God that you're praying for. Do something more. And nothing happens until Elijah stands up and he prays to God and God sends down a fire that laps up the whole sacrifice. In that moment, the people who saw what had happened saw God in action. They believed, they turned around, and they repented. Why? Because they saw God moving. And, and so sometimes we want to point people to Jesus. Behold the Son of God who takes away the, the, the sin of the world. And, the, and people turn around and say, oh, where is he? And we point them to a sleeping Jesus who is not involved in, in, in our day-to-day lives, who is, not an, who is not part of the solution, who is ineffective in today's society. We point them to a theoretical Jesus. He's awesome and he's wonderful. And one day when you get to heaven, you'll see how awesome and wonderful he is. No! He is awesome and wonderful today. He is in action today. He is walking today. And so when John points them to a Jesus, he is pointing them to a Jesus who is walking, who is in action, who is part of the daily lives, who is part of the solution, who is part of of, of encountering them where they are today. Here's what I love about this idea of a Jesus who walks. Say, Jesus, if I am walking and you're going to come walk with me, how many of you know you better drop your agenda and pick up mine? You gotta walk, you gotta walk in the direction that I'm walking in. You, you've got to walk at the pace that I'm walking in. You're not following me if you're gonna come and walk alongside me and then try and dictate the pace and the direction. So if we're going to follow a Jesus like the disciples did, they followed a Jesus who was walking, then we have to follow the direction that he's walking in. We have to follow the pace that he's walking at. When he's stopping, we're stopping. When he's turning, we're turning. When he's walking, we're walking. That's what it means to follow him. I I love this also that that for us to, to, to follow and for the disciples to follow Jesus, by the way, what it meant was they had to leave John. Oh, somebody got it. Woo! I was worried, but somebody got it. Let me tell you, John was a superstar, okay? John was a celebrity. John, nobody in their lifetime had seen uh, anyone like John. Nobody in their lifetime was doing what John was doing. Nobody was preaching what John was preaching. It was cool to be associated with John. They left John to follow Jesus when the scales fell off. You got to leave John to follow Jesus. See, what that means is where you, you, tomorrow, when you follow Jesus, tomorrow you are not where you were yesterday. Something has changed. Something has broken off. You have left some things behind. You have dealt with some stuff and you are on the move. And so they left John. And they follow Jesus. Isn't it interesting that there they're following, and then Jesus turns around and he says to them, What do you seek? It was when they began to follow that Jesus began to speak. He wasn't speaking to them before, 
That doesn't mean he didn't see them. Doesn't mean he didn't care for them. Doesn't mean he didn't want relationship with them, but they were not following, so he did not speak to them. Jesus, won't you speak to me about this deal? Jesus, won't you show me if this is the man or woman that I'm supposed to be with? Jesus, won't you give me direction? Jesus, won't you heal? Jesus, won't you? Jesus, how come you never speak to me? Are you following? Are you following? If you're not following, he's not speaking. And so we follow. And as they were following, Jesus began to speak. And what, what did he say? What did he say? He, he issues an invitation. Come. So they had this question. Where, where, where are you based? Where, where's, your, where's your headquarters? Where's your place? Where can we come to be with you? And he says, come. Come and see. And so they came. And, and the scriptures told us that they spent, they spent the whole day with him. It was about the 10th hour when they'd interacted. And they spent the whole day with him. And their lives were never the same again. And so the, the invitation wasn't an invitation to follow. They were already following. The invitation was an invitation to remain, to slow down, to connect with him, to talk, to receive from him, to get to know. It was an invitation to relationship. And because they responded to that invitation, their lives changed dramatically forever. Won't you give Jesus a chance? Won't you slow down enough for him to speak, for you to tr truly connect with him, to have relationship with him, and see if that won't change your life? Many of you, I know, carry that testimony. Your life has not been the same again from the moment you decided, I'm going to remain with him. I'm going to remain with him. I know that we're in different places, so at the end of this, we're going to pray for, for people in different spaces, whether you're in that place of, I actually just need to make a decision to follow him. I'm convicted that I need to do that. Or you, you're realizing, I, I think I made that decision, but, but, but I, am I following? No. No. He's way ahead, and I've slowed down. Or I'm just, I'm kind of keeping track. You know, I've got his GPS coordinates, so I know where he is generally. You know? So it's good, because when I take the form, I take Christian. Because, no, no, I know where he is, but, but, I, but I'm not with him. Here, here's, a, here's a test. Are you the same as you were yesterday? Are your faith issues the same faith issues that you had a week ago, a month ago, two years ago, five years ago. Are you still struggling with the same stuff? Is your sin still the same sin from 10 years ago? There's a question that you need to ask yourself about whether you are following. Because when you follow, man, you're stretched. When you follow, you grow. When you follow, you change. When you follow, your faith grows. When you follow, you become different. When you follow, you're not what you were yesterday. Why? Because you're not where you were yesterday. Let's look at that last portion of Scripture. So the next day, 
Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to Philip, follow me. Again, I want you to highlight that, follow me. That's important. He finds Philip. He says to him, follow me. I'd I'd wondered to myself, you know, the first time I read that, like, and, and many times after that, Lord, was there any other context to this? It's, it's weird, right? It just He found Philip. Hey, Philip, follow me. And, and Philip followed. Was there any context to, to this? Com- was there a high? Was there like a, where are you from? What's, hey, I'm Jesus. How you doing? Was, you know, no, I know who you are. You know, uh, was it just like a follow? Okay. Um, and, and off they go. I, I, I don't know. This, the scripture doesn't quite... Um, doesn't quite illuminate that for us, but it, it did remind me of, of a, a, a funny incident that happened to me in the early years of my salvation. In fact, it was the first mission um, that, I, that I ever went on. I was still a, a student on the UJ campus, and we went, um, we went on a mission to, to Soweto, and we spent about a week in Soweto. Uh, and and, um, and we, we were going, on this particular day, we were going to minister in Shawelo, and, uh, and, and there was this newish kind of uh, complex, shopping complex there. So our campus leader uh, took us to this area, and, and he was um, what, what I'm going to call a little bit eccentric. He was, he was different. Uh, and uh, and uh, so he, he says to us, okay, you're going to go into this complex, and we're going to go and, and, and preach the gospel. But here's what I want you to do. You walk in, and you find the first person, go up to them, and just say to them, follow me as I follow Christ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay, what else? What else? What's it, what's it, what else? What else? Please, what else? That's it. Nothing. You say nothing else. Follow me as I follow Christ. Woo! It was awkward. It was awkward. We, we deliberated. We spent time outside in the parking lot. We prayed. I went in there. And you had to go by your own, by the way. You couldn't like, partner up or anything of that sort. I mean, I saw a guy, he was there outside a shop, he was leaning on the wall on his phone, and I thought, okay, this is my guy, but I must have like, gone past this guy for 30 minutes, like, <laughs> while I'm trying to figure out, how is this guy not going to think I'm crazy? Eventually, I walk up to him, and, and I, I pluck up the courage, I walk up to him, and I, wait, I, I stand in front of him, he lifts his head like this, and I go, follow me as I follow Christ. And he kind of does one of those awkward laughs, like, well, I caught him off, so he's just like, <laughs> I, not now. <laughs> hey, I, didn't, I wasn't waiting for a response. I didn't care what he said after that. I said it, I was on my way out. You know, I wasn't waiting for him to take a picture of me and post me on, on social media, this weirdo. Uh, but you, you know what, it, it helped me to understand, like, we... Um, we have an idea of what, what bearing fruit looks like. And so in that instance, kind of our understanding of the fruit would have been people following us out of this shopping complex in droves to, to our kind of our, our meeting area and we're going to have revival. I think that's kind of what we were expecting. Nobody followed. None of us came back with the disciple. <laughs> but I tell you, for those of us who actually did it, and I've never asked anyone to do this, by the way, and I, I don't recommend it either. Uh, but, but, you know, there was, there was something different, you know, there's something that was born inside of me as a result of having done it, and, and I realized that fruit looks different, so for, for, for us, we expected that revival moment, but, but I, for me, the fruit was revival in my own soul, 
Um, so for me, what the fruit was, was the, the fruit of, of obedience. Uh, whether that moment was right or wrong and we should have done it, shouldn't have, is, is not the, the, the question at this point. The question was, but I believed God was in it, so I did it. Um, and it, it just bore fruit that I feel like I'm still benefiting from um, today. And so, and so Jesus went to Philip. He said, follow me. Philip said, good shot. Um, and, and it says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And, and it's interesting that Philip was, and Andrew and Peter are from Bethsaida. Bethsaida, which means the house of hunting or house of fishing. And, and, and so when, when, when we think of that in context, we realize that, man, uh, these guys, they, their history mattered. And, and, and so we, we sometimes have this... this this understanding that when we come into the kingdom, we come and God gives us this clean slate and we start over and, and, and that's who we are from that day going forward. But not true. Where you, where you come from matters. And the experiences that you carry matter. The scars that you have when you walk in matter. Your perspective and personality matters. Your skills and your upbringing, your background, all of these, these things matter and are used by God or redeemed by God for the sake of his kingdom. And so we see here that you found these three guys who are from the house of fishing, who had been reared to fish, to think like fishermen, and he took that, he redeemed that, and he made them fishers of men. Come on, your history matters. And so he found, found, uh, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Now I, 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 I get this. I completely get this um, I completely get the scripture. Many of you, I, I, I think many of us will be, will be able to identify with this, coming, especially if you come from like a, a small, like little obscure place somewhere that people don't really know of. I come from a, 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 a little town called Matatiel. Um, and so when I say to people, where do you, where, people ask me, where do you come from? I say, I come from Matatiel. Oh, and then I have to explain where that is. Um, and, and, and so when I have looked at how, God, how far God has brought me, uh, and how God has been able to use me, and how he has been able to redeem my history and my past, and how he has been able to use that for his kingdom. I look at that and I go, can anything good come out of Matatiel? Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus, for Matatiel. <laughs> and, and so he looks, at, he looks at, Nathaniel looks at Philip and says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? What is, what is Nathaniel doing? He's entering into a philosophical, theological debate. Okay, now you, you want to tell me you found the Messiah, but I know a thing or two, you see, because, you know, I've watched a TED talk. Um, and so I know that uh, the Messiah is supposed to come from Bethlehem. So you're telling me about this Jesus of Nazareth guy. Let's talk about origins. Let's talk about the original scriptures. Let's talk about uh, uh, the laws of first mention and scripture, interpreting scripture. Let's talk about exegesis and hermeneutic. And so he's pulling out his things. So what, is, what, is, uh, 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 what does Philip do? He pulls out his Bible. He pulls out his leadership 115 material. He says, right, let's engage. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have any. He doesn't even have foundations. He hasn't even done one-to-one. -to -one. Today we have foundations. We can do foundations every Sunday at 10, 
10 p.m. We can, we can come together, we can do uh, uh, foundations. Um, but they didn't have foundations. They didn't have a one-to-one. They didn't have leadership 115, 215, Bible school. Philip had spent a couple of days at the very most with Jesus. And here he was reaching out to his friend. Do you know what he did? He didn't enter into a theological discussion with him. He didn't enter into an academic discussion with him. His response was, hey man, I don't know about all of that, but um, come and see. Come and see. So we can, it's good for us to engage in, 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 in conversation. It's good for us to know stuff. Let's study the word. Let's study the hermeneutics. Let's study the exegesis. Let's study all of these things and let's be able to engage people where they're at. But man, there's just a special place for that come and see. That experiential I don't want to argue with you. Are you willing to come and, and see? Are you willing to come to attend one of my church, a church service with me? Are you willing to come uh, to my connect group? We meet on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Are you willing for me to pray for you right now for us to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit? I, I don't know all the answers. In fact, you probably know more than me, but all I can tell you is what I've experienced. Can I share that with you? Come and see. Can we stand to our feet? So I, I want to I pray for, for uh, some of those people that we mentioned before. And this, this is people in the auditorium as well as you, if you're on, online, this applies to you. Um, that you, you have had that sense or that very real knowledge that, man, I, I have never made a decision to follow Jesus. I actually need to do this. Um, or you are in that zone of, I, I did make a decision at some point. I'm just not following him. I, I'm, I've lost track. He's, a, he's, a way, he's way further than me. I've seen the evidence in my own life. There's stagnancy, I ha- uh, uh, lack of faith. Um, I feel like I'm just in this hopeless pace. And I feel like a lot of it is because I actually haven't locked step with Jesus. And I haven't been diligent in following him. Father, I want to pray for those people. Those are the people that I'm bringing before you this morning. And we lift up their hands and we, 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 we undergird them and we, we strengthen them in their souls uh, this, this morning. And, and, and sanctify, if that is you that I'm praying for, would you just by way of indication just raise your hand that we know we're praying, we're praying this prayer with you. And if you're raising your hand, please raise it loud and uh, not loud, high. Um, so we know, we know we, we're, we're praying with you. Thank you. Father, you see the hands. Um, that are raised. I'm praying and trusting, Father, that every person who's raised their hands, Father, will, will have a relationship with you that is rich, um, that is nuanced, that is, that is uh, intimate, unlike anything they've experienced up until this point. I pray that you would just pour out a grace over them, that um, those who are making a decision to follow you, that you would meet them where they are. Those who are making a decision to recommit and to catch up with you, Lord, that you would just drop a, a grace into their hearts to prioritize time with you, to love you, to hear from you, to know what it is to lockstep with you and to walk with you, Father. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their souls. Thank you for anybody who's uh, praying with us online this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Father. Um, we, we, we're going to, the, the last step of that, which is something that we do all the time, we want to get an, an opportunity uh, to celebrate with you if you did raise your hand. So we're going to ask you to come to the front. We want to celebrate with you, pray a little bit more specifically, but we also want to engage you with some specific next steps that are going to help you um, in, in this journey. So if you raised your hand and you received that prayer, um, won't you grab your, your belongings and come and, uh, and meet me up front here? Father, we're going to pray together, but this is a family moment, so everybody's going to pray this prayer, and we just really want it to come uh, from, from you. So please pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I am choosing today to follow you. Please forgive me for where, where I have lagged behind. I pray for grace to connect with you to remain with you and to never be the same again. Make me like you did with Andrew, a fisher of men. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Father. We're just going to send you along uh, with some of our leaders and they're going to chat to you. So will you guys just follow Maureen um, through those doors and they're just going to help with um, there's nothing magical that we do behind those doors um, <laughs> but if you want to find out you're more than <laughs> thank you Lord saints John saw and he declared behold let us declare those things that we have seen the disciples heard and they followed. May we be those who follow Jesus and hear from him. They remained with him and were never the same again. May our relationship with Jesus be so sweet, be so rich, be so intimate that it changes our lives completely. And when we point to Jesus, may we point people to, G to a Jesus that is walking that is involved, that is giving solutions for today. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is, what is it that you are seeing that others are not? What is it that has been revealed to you that you are, you are called to share with those around you? Won't you consider that, pray into that, and be faithful in how you apply that in your life? In Jesus' name, amen.